everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Passing Judgment, a podcast about politics and the law and certainly a lot of things in between. Today, we are joined again by Joe Armstrong. He's the producer of the show. He's a musician in his own right. He's one of my favorite people to talk to about all of these issues. And today, we are going to focus on poll watchers and specifically something the President of the United States has recently floated which is the idea of sending law enforcement into your polling place, ostensibly to make sure that everything runs smoothly, but let's be honest, realistically to try and scare people and intimidate the vote. Joe Armstrong, welcome back. Hey, Jessica. Thanks for having me. Always happy to be here. This is an interesting one and a complex one. So where do we even begin to unpack this particular topic? You're going to have to start us off on this one. I don't even know where to start. Well, first of all, Let's remind people that we did a special episode on how to make sure your vote can count. And one of the things you can do as an antidote to everything we're talking about is if you haven't registered yet, register now. If you are registered, make sure to check if you need to ask for your ballot or if a ballot is going to be sent to you. But do all of those things now. Get that ballot. Sit down at your kitchen table fill out the ballot, and then send it back with plenty of time. Because all of these intimidation factors, all of these tactics to try and chill your vote, suppress your vote, you have the power. You have the power by getting that ballot early and getting it back early to a polling place. You have the power to make sure that the suppression does not work. So I think where we should start with is... What typically happens in a polling place? So, you know, it's close to election day or for you procrastinators out there, it's the morning of election day and you look up to see where am I supposed to go to vote? And you go to your local polling place and there might be people called election observers or election watchers there. And who are those people? Typically, volunteers, either from a civic organization, like let's say a lot of people have heard of an organization called the League of Women Voters, sometimes from a political party, again, volunteers from a political party, but they're supposed to be there just to make sure that everything's running fairly, that everything's running smoothly. Now, why? Because elections in our country, listeners have heard me say this, elections in our country are really decentralized. They're really run state by state. And in fact, in some cases, precinct by precinct. So we have poll workers. Not all of them are professional poll workers. A lot of them are volunteers. Things, of course, can go wrong, even when everybody's trying their best to make sure that doesn't happen. And so poll watchers should at least be there, not to intimidate anyone, not to scare anyone, but just to make sure that things are running as smoothly as possible. That's the typical. Should we talk about how this year might not be typical? Yeah. And how did we get here? Uh, There was a comment that uh, Mr. Trump made on the Sean Hannity show very recently when asked about what's going to happen at the polling places. And this is kind of our jumping off point, I think. Uh, Mr. Trump said, and I quote, we're going to have everything. We're going to have sheriffs and we're going to have law enforcement and we're going to hopefully have U.S. attorneys and we're going to have everybody, comma again, and attorney generals. But it's very hard. And that's the end of the quote. And before I go any further, I have to put my grammar uh, grammarian hat on and call him out for saying attorney generals as opposed to attorneys general. Sophomore mistake, man. You should do better than that. 
But so that launches us into this new territory of something that seems to be beyond just benevolent observers at polling places, correct? Absolutely. Can I say, I just love that you really are a member of the grammar police. So with that, let's talk about the police. Let's talk about law enforcement. As you said, the president is not surprisingly saying this election is going to be different. And why? Because this is part of his broader narrative that there's something that you need to be very suspicious about for this election, that it's rigged, it's filled with fraud, there's a corrupt system. Let's emphasize there's absolutely no evidence to indicate any of that. And to the extent that somebody is trying to pull the strings in uh, talking about making the election less than fair, it's President Trump saying things like, we're going to have everybody there, we're going to have sheriffs, we're going to have law enforcement. So, you know, first, the legal question, can he do that? The answer is not really. Number one, the president of the United States as head of the federal government has no, or at least the executive branch of the federal government, has no power over state and local officials. So he can't send in the sheriffs or the cops and say, go to a polling place. So what about federal officials? Yes, he does have some power over federal law enforcement, but there is a federal law that says you can't send in the military to a polling place unless, and this is a really big unless, basically there's a a riot, an armed conflict. Um, And so have we seen federal officials in polling places before? Yet in the past, we have seen, for instance, the Department of Justice has sent poll watchers, but these are people who are not in military uniform, who are not in law enforcement uniform, who aren't holding guns. These are members of the Department of Justice who are really just there as poll observers to make sure that things run fairly and smoothly. That's not what President Trump is talking about. He's talking about very uh, understandably sounds scary to a lot of people, which is you walk into your polling place, you're scared enough of catching COVID, and there's somebody in a, a law enforcement uniform, maybe holding a gun, and you have to walk past them to get your ballot, fill in your ballot, and turn in your ballot. It's it's a completely understandable why many Americans uh, would find that to be chilling. And frankly, right, that's kind of part of the point, right? Suppress voter turnout because President Trump thinks that's better for him. Yeah, it's part of the narrative of fear, you know, lest we also bring in the concept of minority voters or people of color who may not, who may already feel comfortable, you know, running up against this administration, which has made itself abundantly clear how they feel about people in their position. So uh, it seems like voter intimidation to me. Am I out of bounds at uh, making that assumption? No, I don't think you are. And in fact, that would be the legal recourse. So we should say one thing off the bat. This is something that President Trump has talked about on national TV, but it's not clear that he's actually going to implement it. And in part because part of his goal is already achieved just by talking about it. And think of all of the things that President Trump has floated, not actually implemented, but just by virtue of the President of the United States saying it, it's part of the conversation. It starts to scare people. And, you know, what happens, people think, well, did they actually, are they sending armed guards into polling places? That sounds scary. I don't want to go to a polling place. So just 
discussing it, even if you don't implement it, already helps President Trump achieve his goal. It's the same reason that he keeps saying that vote by mail is filled with fraud, because the fewer people who ask for vote by mail ballot, the lower the voter turnout is, the better he thinks that that is for him. Whether or not that's true is in a different story that we've talked about a little bit on other episodes. So again, part of just saying it is useful in and of itself. So part of what's useful is just saying it. And But in terms of the legal recourse, what can happen is that people go to court and they say, this looks like voter suppression. It looks like voter suppression to the tune of a federal law violation. And what you'd specifically be looking at is either the Voting Rights Act or other civil rights laws. And I think those would be successful lawsuits. Now, of course, we're again dependent on the judiciary and federal judges to uphold the law. But at this point, I do think those would be fairly clearly cut cases. Now, if we find ourselves in that situation, how fast can judges move? Is this a situation that the Trump administration can drag out in court over a number of months, you know, via tipping a hat to Bush v. Gore in 2000? Or is this something that can be resolved relatively quickly? Where does this fall within that situation? I just had a shudder thinking back to the PTSD of Bush v. Gore, which is obviously the case that helped decide the 2000 presidential election. And you're asking, you know, basically, will the Supreme Court get involved and how do federal courts get involved? Well, the answer is some decisions need to be made really quickly. So imagine that there are reports in the morning that there's a polling place in East Los Angeles, which is a a polling place where there would be a lot of people of color voting. And the reports are that there are armed military members in uniform and they're acting in a way that is obviously scaring people or just their presence. And somebody has to go to court immediately in that case to try and remedy the situation because it's much easier for a judge to say 30 minutes later, okay, you've got to stop that and leave than it is for a judge to, for instance, order the polls to be open longer, order there to be another a day where you can vote. I mean, you can imagine all of the kind of nightmarish dominoes that fall. So there are some things where, you know, judges have to be on call 24 hours a day, and they have to issue sometimes emergency injunctions very, very quickly. And then there are other issues that you and I are going to talk about. We're doing an episode on election nightmares. You're welcome, everybody. And those are legal questions that could take longer. But remember, in the Constitution, the president's term ends on inauguration day. There is no constitutional mechanism for unless there is still uh, there are still lawsuits. So these lawsuits have to be decided one way or another before the president's term is over. As it turns out, this democracy thing is hard and complicated. Now, one other asterisk I want to put in this conversation before we wrap this up is there was recently some rule changes that involve the Republican National Committee. So can you, this is kind of legally here, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kick this to you. Tell me what's going on here with the RNC and the rule changes. Yeah, so one of the things that listeners should be aware of is that the RNC, the Republican National Committee, was actually under something called a consent decree from the early 1980s until late 2017. And that's because in the early 1980s, I believe it was 1982, 
uh, the RNC sent uniformed off-duty law enforcement to patrol in minority areas, to patrol voting in minority areas of New Jersey doing, during a gubernatorial election. There was a lawsuit. The lawsuit didn't go all the way to trial. Instead, there was a consent decree under which the RNC couldn't organize poll watchers, again, until the end of 2017. So this is the first election where the RNC can organize poll watchers. Now, what happened during that time is that instead, uh, state political parties, state GOP parties could organize poll watchers. But now we do have word and there's news that the RNC is planning on sending maybe tens of thousands of poll watchers. Now, there's no word right now that these are law enforcement officers. They could be legally retired law enforcement and maybe retired military. But again, we don't know who these tens of thousands of poll watchers are. What we do know, again, is what we just said, which is that uh, you can reach a limit where these poll watchers, in fact, violate the Voting Rights Act, violate other federal laws like other civil rights laws. And so we may be looking heavily at the judiciary to make sure uh, that we are protecting our right to vote. That is a scary place because we've seen from recent decisions that we can't always rely on the courts to save us. Jessica, what's actionable? What can people do to see to it that their vote counts and the votes of others count? Like a broken record, I'm going to end where we began, which is to say you have the power to make sure that these tactics do not chill your vote. You have the power to make sure that your vote counts. Please, again, if you need to register, register. If you're in a state where you have to ask for a ballot or have to ask for an application for a vote by mail ballot, do that. Sit down, fill it out, and either send it in early or uh, figure out if there is an official drop box that you can bring that ballot back to or figure out if you can just bring it back to a polling place but the power is in your hands. It might be harder this year, but it's also very, very important. As we always say on our show, these things are very, very important and participate in your democracy. That's how we keep everything above board, or at least to the best of our ability. Very well put. Thank you, listeners. As always, this is a journey that we were really happy to be on with you. We are very grateful for all of the people who are tuning in listening to us talk about these issues. And you can find Joe Armstrong, our producer and a very talented musician on Twitter and Instagram on In-Depth Day. You can find me on Twitter at Levinson Jessica, the show on Twitter at Past Judgment Pod, the show on Instagram at Passing Judgment Pod. With that, we will see you next time.